How's it going, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the Boil It Up podcast with Jake and Justin. I'm your host, Joe Mensa. Uh, as the NBA playoffs continue to be in full gear, we have seen some crazy games so far these last few days, including both one seeds of the East and West losing their opening game. Um, so the other night, the um, the Bucks lost to the Magic yesterday, one twenty two to one ten, an unfortunate first opener for the Bucks. Um, not really um, surprises considering how they've been playing in the bubble. But um, so Jake, after the opening loss to the Magic, how concerned are you about the Bucks um, moving forward in this series? I'm not necessarily scared about the Bucks in this series. I still think they get past the Magic, but I don't think they're getting past the second round. Uh, as I predicted in, in, in the last episode, I think the Miami Heat are going to come out of the Eastern Conference. So I think the Miami Heat are going to win that series against them, especially the way they've been playing. They're already up 2-0 to on the Pacers. Uh, Jimmy Butler's ruling over T.J. Warren right now. And the Bucks, I don't know. It's just something about this team. You know, I've always felt all season that they weren't really a team that's going to win it all, even though they had the best record in the league all season. They played awful in the bubble. They're like four and nine in the bubble so far, counting the playoff loss. So they're really not playing their best basketball right now. And we're seeing that a lot around the league. Some of these best teams, the Lakers are really playing bad right now as well. So I think it's going to be an interesting postseason. And I think the Bucks are going to get upset eventually, but not by the Magic. I think they get past the Magic in five or six still. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get upset by the Magic, but I'm certainly concerned about the Bucks. If you go back to last year, the Raptors played the played the uh, Magic in the first round, and they they uh, lost game one to the Magic. So losing one game in a series clearly doesn't mean anything because the Raptors went on to be the champions. So I don't think that game really means anything. I think if the Magic still had Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and a couple of those other guys, they could give more of a fight. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be probably a six five now probably five games. I think the Bucks probably win the next four. Giannis is going to be extra motivated. So I think. He's going to come out on fire, and I think the Bucks are going to come back and win in five. But like you said, I don't know. I don't think they'll go very far. You haven't moved them in the second round. I don't know about that. I think they're a much bigger team than the Heat, so I think that will be a very good series. I think it goes six or seven games, but I do think the Bucks win that. But I think the Bucks would lose to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, right now they're doing pretty good against the Magic. I, I don't see them losing out of the first round. I think they can make it back to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals as long as, you know, they, everyone's on the court healthy. But um, the other the other one seed, the Lakers also got upset. Um, they lost 193. Damian Lillard, 6 for 13 from 3, 9 for 21 from the field with 34 points. Jake, come back to you. What's going on? How are you feeling? What do you think is going to happen this series? Well, I'm a big LeBron James fan. I've been rooting for the Lakers this season, but I'm starting to get really concerned about this basketball team. I really thought they were going to pump it up in game one, and the energy was just not there. LeBron played a really good game. He had like 24, 17, and 16, but he can't do it all. Danny Green missing every three he's looking at. He doesn't know how to shoot the basketball anymore. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is miserable out there on the floor. You know, it's sad. This, the Lakers actually could have had Carmelo Anthony, but they decided to sign Jared Dudley who's not even really a National Basketball Association player uh, these days. He can't even get off the bench. He looks like he's added 10 pounds since he got to the bubble, and he's nothing. Whereas Carmelo Anthony was hitting clutch shots uh, in game one. So just big roster mistake there for the Lakers. What's going to be big for the Lakers is Rajon Rondo's coming back. I think that's going to be a big boost off the bench, somebody who can make some plays, score, pass a little bit, veteran defender. Playoff Rondo is still a thing. He was very good in New Orleans in that one playoff season, and he was good with the Celtics in the playoffs, too. I don't think he's the X-factor. Obviously, I've said my X-factor is Kyle Kuzma in this series, 
But I think Rajon Rondo is really important, and getting him back is just somebody that will help the Lakers. Hell, I'd rather see Rajon Rondo out there than five to ten more minutes out of Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, oh, he's, he's awful. And if Danny Green keeps missing his shots, Frank Vogel's got to pull him out of the game. He cannot be in the game if he's going 0 for 10 from three. It's just unacceptable. He's killing the Lakers. Danny yeah, Green's the reason I mean, that they lost game one, in my opinion. There's a lot of reasons they lost game one. I mean, I was right. I did predict that the Trailblazers would win, and they were up pretty big through most of the game. The Lakers did make a comeback in the third, but the yeah. Blazers kind of handled it deep down the stretch. I think it just goes to show how flawed this Lakers team is. When you look at them, they just aren't that good of a team. You have no fourth-quarter score. I, which was pretty clear. They didn't really have anybody down the stretch that could do anything. We saw LeBron James at the end of the game. He was driving underneath the basket, and then he passed it out to Alex Caruso, and you let Alex Caruso take the shot when you were down five with under a minute. Like, you just can't be doing that. That's going to be a shot for Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Alex Caruso cannot be taking that shot. No, and I agree. Anthony, da- Anthony Davis, he had 21 points in the first half. Great job. He finished with, what, 27 points? I think he had six points yeah. in the whole second half, including two points in the fourth quarter. That's got it. It's just unacceptable. Got to be better. LeBron James played amazing. But, again, I still think he's been too – he's just not assertive enough. He needs to get to the basket and score because when he has Carmelo Anthony on him, C.J. McCollum, Zach Collins, whoever it is, he can dominate them. He can get right past them. He can body mm-hmm. them up. He's one of the strongest guys in the NBA still. He's got to be in there doing more. He's just got to be more assertive with himself because him getting 15 assists is great, but that means he's giving up so many more open looks because he could have probably had 30, 40 assists if the Lakers were hitting shots. That's how many passes he made to open guys. The Lakers just kept missing and missing and missing. So if they don't get any shooters, if they don't get any help from Anthony Davis down the stretch or LeBron James doesn't take over, this team's screwed. I honestly think. The trail, there's no way this series goes more than six, and I think the Trailblazers win are five and six games. Ooh. Well, that's bold. I think if the Lakers play like they did in game one, I'm yeah, if the series is over, I mean, I'm, Charles Barkley's calling for a sweep already. I don't think we're going to see that. Um, well, well, here, but, can, can LeBron James play any better than he did? I think he can because I think he was too passive in game one. I think but, he needs to score. Realistically, he he's not going to – He's realistically not going to play any better than what he did last night. Like that, yeah, that was, was like insane. he he played he played lights out, and that team still lost. C.J. McCollum wasn't great. Gary Trent Jr. was missing all his shots until the last little bit, last couple minutes there, where he finally hit a couple of shots. So I mean, when you're looking at that, I, I don't think the Lakers can play much better, or LeBron James, can, the Lakers can play much better, but LeBron James can't play much better. So it's going to come down to whether the other guys can improve. Because LeBron James played lights out last night. I got to give him credit. I really don't like LeBron, but he played lights out. So it, whether it's Anthony Davis down the stretch, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, KCP, somebody, somebody's got to step up because this team has nobody down the stretch. Well, and back to, to back to your point there, it was depressing because the Lakers actually played pretty good defense all game. They only gave up 100 points. That's pretty good against this Blazers team. But to score 93 against one of the worst defenses in the bubble, just it shocked me with LeBron having 15, 16, or whatever it was, 15, 16 assists. LeBron basically produced, like, over two-thirds of their points, which is insane. Easily. But I still would like to see LeBron just attack the basket more. Like, in that last possession, he had 16 assists heading in that last possession. He gave it up to Caruso. That's a, pa- that's a pass he needs to give up and take it to the basket. Or, hell, take his own three-point shot. I'll take LeBron shooting a three over anybody else on this team, really, right now. He did take the three, the possession after that, but he bricked it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the, the gut-wrenching one was the Caruso miss. 
Oh yeah, because by then it was, I believe, a seven. No, yeah. it was a six point was, game. I think. Yeah, so what you needed know, a three plus another three. So yeah. Yeah, it's been a little concerning to watch them, even though LeBron pretty much made history last night with a triple-double with, like, 17 rebounds per assist and 16 um, to help him out yeah, with like 23 20 points. But um, I want to move on, and I want to talk about 76ers once again as they find themselves down two games to nothing against the Boston Celtics after a blowout loss last night by 27 in game two. Um, so, Justin, what has to change for the Sixers in order to take at least one game from the Celtics series I've always been high on the Sixers I think I thought they were a playoff team and missing Ben Simmons is huge because you don't have anybody that can guard Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum has just been killing them so Brett Brown's got to look at this team and see how can he stop Jason Tatum and how can he stop Kemba Walker because those two guys are just killing him I'll let Jalen Brown scroll as many points as he wants, but you got to stop Kemba and you got to stop Tatum because those two guys are just killing you whether it's through the pick and roll if you're going over the top, trapping off of it. You got to do something because that pick and roll is just killing them. They got to switch it up. It's going to be on Brett Brown because he's just dealing with the roster he has. I think the real flaw comes in with Elton Brand. I think he built this team so poorly with no shooters. He built this team to win in 1990, not 2020. So this team's flawed. But at the end of the day, it comes down to working with what you have. And, and Brett Brown's just got to do a better job of that because he's done a poor job maximizing his talents. So I think it's going to just come down to – can Brett Brown elevate this team? And I honestly don't think he can. I think he's a good coach, but at the end, and he's a great guy, but at the end of the day, they just need a fresh start. I think the Sixers need to reboot everything, trade everyone outside Embiid and Simmons, fire every single front office member and all the coaching staff. They just need a fresh reboot, keep Ben and Joel, and just rebuild this team in more of a 2020-era type basketball team because you can have success with – you can build a team like the Lakers – because that's what the Sixers and Lakers are pretty similar. If you look at it, you got a Ben Simmons, LeBron James, Joe Embiid, Anthony Davis, two similar type players. Both these teams are missing the score. If you can get a couple shooters in free agency to put alongside uh, Ben and Joel, and you get one score like a Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker type player out there on the wing, this team can have a lot of success to them. So I wouldn't trade Joel or Ben, but man, you got to almost reset everything because they are looking terrible out there. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I agree about this reset thing. Um, I, I, I think this outside of Joel Embiid and outside of Ben Simmons, nobody on this Sixers team is safe. I'm pretty sure Matisse Seibel will be safe because the coaching staff really likes him a lot. I think he's a good bench player. I don't think he's a starter in the league. He's but so we, he's still got He's got room to grow. He, we still don't 100% know what we're going to see from Matisse Seibel the rest of his career. He's only a rough You're going to have to get rid of him, though, because, in my opinion, you have to use him as an asset to get off the Tobias Harris or Hal Horford contract. I think you need to trade him. Pro, it's like an pro, asset pro, to probably, probably get yeah. rid of him. So I think I, I think, think he will be gone if they if they do do a full reload. I, that's why I said you got to put at least somebody of value in there. I'll be kind of shocked, to be honest, sadly, if both Al Horford and Tobias Harris are gone after this offseason. I guarantee you one of them will be gone, but I don't know about both. And like you said, I, the Sixers' problems is at the top. It's Josh Harris, it's Elton Brand. Those are the two guys who have completely screwed this basketball team over, building it like, you know, like you said, playing in the 80s and the 90s where, where it was an inside game, you know. And that type of basketball doesn't work today because the Sixers can't score enough points. They don't have enough guys to guard. Jason Tatum's literally running all over the floor on us. And so is Jalen Brown. So is Kemba Walker. I mean, the Celtics are running laps around us. It's, it's, it's sad to watch, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it's funny because the two first quarters have actually been really good games. The Sixers are like winning in the first quarter and and then it's close at the end of the first and then they just completely implode. And that's just a sign of a bad basketball team. Um, And that's what the Sixers are right now. Yeah, zero depth. Nobody coming at the bench. I mean, there was a – I think it was like 36 to 22 Sixers and then before you knew it, it was like it was like a 18 or something, nothing run by the Celtics, and they had like yeah, it was like 50 to 36 then. Yeah, it was it was absolutely embarrassing. Um, I think at one point in the third quarter, the Celtics had outscored us over 30 points over the last like period and a half, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I love the Sixers; they're my team, but I think we're gonna get swept. I think the series is over. I don't think we're gonna win a single game, at least if we come out like we have in these first two games. I don't. And what's gonna change? You know, Joel Embiid's played as almost as good as he can. It's it's not on him, really, in my opinion. You know, especially after he actually got up all the shot attempts that I wanted him to in the game two, and we still got destroyed. So it's just it was Tobias Harris, the hundred eighty million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, Tobias he, Harris he now for thirteen points combined. That was unbelievable. Nothing. And Shake Milton's a fine player, but he's too young. He gets bodied he's by Marcus young. Smart out there, so he's he's, he's worthless basically. Jay Rich, same situation, too small. He's good at he's good at everything, but he's not a lead at anything. So he's not really any help and you just have nothing out there outside Embiid and Harris and Horford and when Horford and uh Harris aren't giving anything, you're screwed. Yeah, it's it's been really frustrating all season long, ever since the start, um, when we played on the road and now it's just really coming to bite us. Um all we can hope is for that the Sixers take at least one game as Jason Tatum continues to dominate. I mean had like eight threes last night. I mean, the guy's just been one of the best scorers in the NBA this season, so it's really tough to guard him. Um, I want to transfer back to um, Lakers Trailblazers. So, Jake, um, do you think a loss to the Trailblazers would ruin LeBron's reputation? Well, ruin is a pretty strong word. Um, LeBron's legacy is sealed. He's a Hall of Famer. Whether you love him or you hate him, you got him, and he's got to be in the top five conversation of all time. I think he's the best player to ever play, but, you know, there's this thing about eras. There's all these guys who played in the past that we don't really include in the list, but maybe we should. And, of course, Michael Jordan is pretty much the consensus goat among most people. I think it's still LeBron James. But, you know, looking back on it, this is an unprecedented scenario. This is the bubble. This isn't regular NBA playoffs. If this was regular NBA playoffs and we were in the Lakers were losing games in Staples Center – then I'd be like, yeah, this is like completely at, like incredibly bad for LeBron's legacy because these are games he really should be winning. Whereas I think this bubble atmosphere is just, it's so strange. And LeBron's talked about it a lot. He said like guys in the Lakers are literally like homesick. They're all like homesick and it's almost like they don't want to be there. And that's what they've kind of been this whole bubble, which I think is just, it's been really bad for the Lakers overall as an experience, it seems. And I think it's throwing off LeBron's game. He didn't go zero dark 23 on us in these playoffs. He's still out there posting. That means he's, he's probably not in his full playoff LeBron mode, which we all know what that can be like. Uh, he's, he's, he was unbelievable. I mean, Better than 20, 25, 18, and 18? I mean, I, for me, playoff LeBron is scoring four, like is 2018, where he was scoring 40-plus and giving you seven assists and seven boards. That's the LeBron I love to see, taking it to the basket, scoring at will. This LeBron that we saw in the last game was fantastic, but it was a very passive LeBron, and he didn't take the final shots. In that 2018 playoffs, he had, like, two game-winning buzzer beaters. He was taking the final shots in that playoff in those, in that playoff run. That was the last time we saw a playoff LeBron. Um, I don't think we're going to see any – version. we're going to see some version of that, but some weird version because he doesn't have the crowd to play with. 
And I think the Lakers just one of those teams who just really needs the crowd, and the Blazers are not. The Blazers are, have, are creating their own energy, and that's why they're winning this series so far. So, and, and back to the question, I, I don't think it ruins his reputation. Obviously, everybody's going to be counting it out, being like, oh, my God, LeBron lost in the first round. You know, but it'll just be more fuel to the fire for LeBron next year if they lose this year. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll ruin his reputation. People will say it will, but not in my eyes. You know what I just listened to you say? I, I listened to you say a bunch of different BS excuses. That's all you said. It was excuse after excuse. Because entering the bubble, you know what LeBron James said? His team was ready. He was having them ready. They were all excited for it. Alex Crusoe missed a wedding for it. And now they're losing <laughs> and they're just starting to make excuses. That's all they care about. It's just a bunch of excuses because LeBron's playing bad and the team's playing bad. LeBron should know better. LeBron should be having his team ready, and clearly he isn't. There's something off with him. So obviously it's going to ruin his reputation because – not ruin. Ruin is a strong word, like you said, but it definitely puts a dent in it because Michael Jordan never did that. Michael Jordan had lost a case – I think he lost in the first round maybe once. I, I'm not sure on the stat. Early in his career he lost. Or early in his career, yes. And back then he never had – even near the caliber player that Anthony Davis is. Anthony Davis is arguably top, most people would say is a top five player in the NBA right now. So that'd be like saying Michael Jordan was Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan never lost that early with Scottie Pippen. So I would say, I, I will give you this though. The Trailblazers are much better than the regular eighth seed. They, they yeah, are, like they're they a, four, a, they're four a top up. four seed and that's what the Lakers got. It's I will give you that. But LeBron should have his team in better shape than this. I don't, I think this is kind of unexcusable. LeBron, is that great? If he's that great of a player, I think he should do better than what he's been doing now. I think he should have his team ready. And one of the big things with him is he took away the uh, was it morning shoot? I believe it was morning shoot arounds or yeah, some, some shoot around. I don't know if it's morning or pregame. He took away one of the shooting uh, shoot arounds for the Lakers, so that really yep. hurts them. I think. I think that's one of the issues, and I'm going to blame that on LeBron because LeBron and Anthony Davis were the two people that kind of took those away. So I'm putting the blame on him for that. So that's another reason why I think it ruins his reputation. He's supposed to be this great leader, and I think he's hurting them actually there. So I'm going to put the blame on LeBron for this. I think that he should do better, and I think if they do lose to the Trailblazers, especially if they lose in four or five games, I think LeBron's reputation will have a huge dent in it. Well, I don't have much to play with on this side of the argument because it's really looking bad. So I'm mostly just throwing smoke screens right now and just praying that LeBron can turn this series around. But I'd say if, you know, given that the Trailblazers are really not an eighth seed, if as long as the Lakers can push it to at least a competitive series, but if, if, if this is a quick series, LeBron will never hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, he, you're right. He definitely will not um, after losing – first round we haven't seen that from him in a while but um i want to stick on the topic with lakers Blazers as a lot of stuff um to talk about about it so after the uh, ugly game one loss um jake do you think game two is a must win and if so what has to change yes yes it is a must win um there's a lot of things that we that you know come into play in the nba playoffs but because of this weird scenario that we're in in the bubble you cannot go down 2-0, you know, you don't have the home crowd to go back to. It actually would be even worse, actually, if we didn't have the crowd because we'd be going back to Portland. Yeah. But, I mean, the, for the Lakers psychologically, like the way they've been playing in the bubble, to continue that and go 0-2 in the first two games against the eighth seed, that would be absolutely detrimental. And I don't think they would recover from that. They have to win this game. You know, it, it, win the series or lose the series, 
in order to have a chance, they have to win this game. This game is easily the most important game. I think the Lakers are going to come out guns a-blazing. It's going to be one of those games, you know, where we see, um, you know, you see a lot of teams, like, it's a game two or a game three. They come out guns a-blazing and they lose, and then the rest of the series they just get blown out because they used everything on the floor to win that one game, and then they didn't. So if that happens to the Lakers, it's over. We ha- The Lakers, we have to win tonight. It, it, we have to. If we don't, I don't know if I'm going to sleep. I don't know if I'll be able to sleep. I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight if we do not win this basketball game. Um, I disagree with you on that. I don't think this is a must win. LeBron's supposed to be this all-time great. He came down from 3-1. He came back from uh, down 3-1 once. I think he could do it again. He is a top five player with him. I don't think there's any reason why LeBron should really be worried if they fall down at two. LeBron's supposed to be this GOAT that can do all this. I think he should be fine going down 2-0. And honestly, when you look at it, they don't have really a home court sitting up in here. If this was a regular season and they lost both games at Staples Center, now they had to go back to Portland, that'd be huge. But the, considering that they don't have to go back to Portland, uh, I think it's not a must win. I, I get where you're coming from. If this was a regular season, regular series, I do think it's a must win. But in this situation, I don't think it's a must win. I think they can get away with losing this game as long as it's close. If they get blown out, I think – Psychologically, they'll be done. But That's what I'm saying. I think it's psychologically. As long as it's a close, as as a close game, I think they'll be fine. And I think that they can make a comeback because they're supposed to have this goat on their team. If Michael Jordan went down 2-0, he could certainly lead a comeback. So that means LeBron must be able to, too. I just – I do not want to see this team go down 0-2. And I, I really hope it – I just hope it doesn't get to that scenario where we need LeBron to win four to five games against this red – Red, red hot Portland Trailblazers team, who already already have so much confidence. They they believe it's they believe it's their time. You know, Damian Lillard's really inspired them. I gotta give them to that. They're they're all mm-hmm. playing out of their heads. I mean, everybody on that team is playing above their level right now, which is not happening at all for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, we'll find out tonight at nine o'clock as the Trailblazers take on the Lakers on ESPN for Game Two. Um, we're going to stick with the NBA, um, last topic for the day. Um, so the Clippers and Mavs is now, um, their series is now tied at one after a great team win by the Mavs um, in game one. And then the Clippers um, took, or yeah, the Clippers took yesterday's game. Um, the Clippers have looked not so great in both games. Um, so Justin, are you concerned with your finals pick to come out of the West? Yeah, I am concerned. I've seen this, like, I've seen this Clippers team now look really bad in two games. They Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell haven't been that great. They look rusty. This team just doesn't look like they're gelling together. So I changed my final I have the Rockets coming out of the West now. The Rockets have been red hot. I really like their system. It's really good. I think the Rockets come out of the West now. I think they're a better team than the uh, Lakers. I think they're arguably the best team because they're doing this without Russell Westbrook right now. James Harden has been the second best player in the bubble right now. Damian Lillard has been the best. That's undeniable. But James Harden has been the second best player in the bubble. He's putting up 35, 8, and 8. He's been lights out. He's leading this team. And if you get a healthy Russell Westbrook back, that, that's going to be scary. James Harden has never really had the help. He's never really had that second all-star the one year with Chris Paul, and he made it to the Western Conference Finals. So I think if he can get a healthy Russell Westbrook, I think the Rockets come out of the West. And honestly, they may be the NBA champ if they can hold on to uh, – hold off the uh, Toronto Raptors' stingy defense. I know you, you're high on the Raptors. I think the Raptors are, 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 have a great chance to make it to the finals as well. I got, I got Heat Raptors in my Eastern Conference finals, but now you're flipping back to the Rockets on us here, I guess. 
Yeah. Uh, I can see why you're confident in them. They played the best basketball out of anybody. They've blown out the Thunder without Russell Westbrook in those And the first Thunder teams. are a good team. But back to this topic here, the Clippers – the Clippers, um, oh, my gosh. It, I cannot believe how bad they played yesterday. And you saw it with Kawhi's reaction at the end. He was, like, looking up. He, was, he looked like he was about to cry. He was so sad at the end. The The Dallas Cowboys absolutely ran all over him yesterday. Boban Marjanovic was literally getting interviewed at the end of the game. He had 13 and 10. I mean, he oh, went wow. off. He had, he had some nice floaters on him. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Luka, Luka did his thing. Christoph Porzingis was able to play the whole game. You know, I was watching that game, and I was like, the Clippers are going to come back, right? Because in game one, the Clip, in game one, the Cowboys had the lead late in the game. Mavericks, Mavericks. Oh, Mavericks, Mavericks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I said Cowboys twice. Uh, all right, the Mavericks had the lead late, late in the, or sorry, early in the third. KP got thrown out, and they still had the lead. It was like 84 to 80 at one point in that game one, and then the Clippers came back and won that game, obviously. But in game two, you know, it was close in the third quarter, and I was like, okay, the Clippers are going to come back and win this game, right? End of the third, Mavericks make a huge run or up 13, and they just never look back. And I'm scared. I, I, I mean, actually, I'm not scared. I'm happy because I hate the Clippers. I hate Kawhi Leonard. He, he put out my Sixers last year, and now he's going up against LeBron in the West. Um, so I'd, I'd really, really love to see the Mavericks win this series. In fact, I think they do win this series. I think the Mavs win this series. I think they win it in six or seven games. The way Luka's playing, the way Christoph Porzingis is playing, I really like this Mavericks team. I think they're going to be – I disagree with you on that. I think we saw this with the Raptors last year. I mentioned it earlier. They lost game one to the Magic, and they struggled a little bit throughout the series. They've had some – they had a little down areas there. They got blown out by the Sixers in game three last year when they were playing them in the second round. They lost by almost – I think it was 30 points, 20-some points. So the Raptors clearly had their – laws last year they had their bad games and they were still able to end up champions so that's why I'm not too concerned I'm concerned because they're not gelled but I think they can handle the Mavericks team the second round matchup with the Nuggets and I think would be a very good one if the Nuggets are healthy and I just think the Rockets are the best team in the Western Conference right now I think they're playing the best in the early series here but um I don't know part of it could be rust um the Lakers have been awful, so I can't even put them in the conversation as the best team in the West right now. But I think a team uh, – it's, it's clear it's the Rockets right now. After right you now, right now I agree. Played, I really, the, you could make an argument for the Trailblazers. But. I'd make an argument for the Trailblazers with what I was about to say. But the way uh, the Rockets have surprised me because without Russell Westbrook, I expected these games to be close, but they've mm-hmm. won convinced, convincingly in the first two games here. Oh, so. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a weird playoff. You know, I think we all kind of expected normalcy in these playoffs, but without the fans, it just kind of changes everything. It's like which team is creating the energy the best, and that's what's going up against my Lakers right now. And it seems like the Clippers might be having a bit of that problem as well. So we could see some big upsets. We've got some huge upsets in this playoffs, I think. Yeah, I NBA, agree. NBA, there's like never upsets, it seems. It's always the yeah. teams that you would pick that make it to the finals, but I think this year could be different. Yeah, it's, it's been, normally hockey that has all the surprising yeah, upsets. Yeah, hockey has all playoffs. the upsets. Mm-hmm. It's just been weird to see all these top teams. Sometimes uh, baseball. Like the, like the Bucks, the Clipper, Clippers and Lakers just haven't really looked so good right now. It's You really don't see that. So this bubble, it, it's changed a lot of teams. But um, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I think the Clippers should be fine coming out of uh, at least making it to the Western Conference Finals with that team. I mean, that, that's a stacked team you got there. But – um. Uh, that's going to wrap up the show for the night. Uh, Jake and Justin, thank you. You guys did a really good job sparking up some good debates as the NBA playoffs continue, continue to roll through. A lot of great games happening.
But um, make sure to uh, like and subscribe and view on our YouTube channel at the Blow It Up Podcast and um, on our social media page, uh, which is on Instagram, same thing at the Blow It Up Podcast. And um, we'll see you guys later. Back in for another episode coming, coming soon.